Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a metal tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. I hit all my consonants really well in that intro, Sydney. I just wanted you to know, I really put the effort in. Well, you come from a proud tradition of uh, radio radio voices, so I, I expect Fine. nothing less from Finally, you. Finally, I've come into my own. Sydney, this is an exciting episode. For, is it? For a change. Yes, this I is. I always think it's interesting to see what, what my lovely non-medical husband finds interesting non-medical because it, you know harsh. in the in the medical world i think our definition of interesting sometimes is well yeah. it's different and it's also unpleasant sydney literally <laughs> just uh started an anecdote with you're not gonna think this is funny you won't get this and then trucked right on through that bad boy <laughs> all three a, luscious it minutes such a funny doctor it i'm not even gonna get into it because We'll we'll test it with the audience. It'll be a special bonus deleted scene. No, no, no. Any episode could be somebody's first episode, and I can't have that on our program. This is is an exciting episode because we're going to... This is a a historic generation because of this topic. I think that... I guess that's true in a way. Yeah, it is. We're we're talking about chicken pox. Yeah. And the reason I was excited about it, I asked people for their stories about it, because it occurred to me that... Like, our generation is really the last generation for whom, I mean, obviously chickenpox won't be, like, annihilated, but, like, for whom chickenpox will be, like, an everyday sort of rite of passage. I also like the word annihilated used for for a, for a virus there. You don't think it's accurate? We will annihilate the With virus. With extreme prejudice? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's interesting you say that, and you're right, that uh, I think our generation was the last one that you just expected that everybody was going to get it. Yeah, everybody had um, it. I, as a physician, I have already missed. I am the the last generation of physicians who routinely saw chickenpox are are older than me. So I miss that. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, seen. I think one case of chicken po- other than like my so own wild. one case of chickenpox so in my career. Yeah. yeah, we just don't. I mean, it's yeah. So we've got different some- landscape. Thank you to everybody who recommended this topic, by the way. Yeah. Including Joanne and Anne and Alyssa and Gabriel and Belinda and Amanda and Carson and Kurt. And to everyone who sent us stories about yeah, chicken pox. kind of a departure for us. But I figure this episode is a historic... This is our, like, time capsule episode. In 100 years, people can come back and listen to this one if they want to know what life was like for the chicken pox generation. With chicken pox. Um, so let's get into it, Sid. So first of all, most m- older people are going to know this already, but for some uh, some of the those of you who are younger, you you may not. 
Uh, chicken pox is a viral illness. It's caused by varicella zoster is the, the virus. And it mainly affects children. At least it used to. It mainly affects no one these days. Yeah. But, but typically it, it affected children. Uh, if you got chicken pox, which I did, which Justin did, sure a did. lot of us in, in our age group did, uh, you would get an itchy red rash. It spreads from your head down. That's always really important. I know I say that and people think, well, why, do you, why does it matter how it's spread? It helps us distinguish what rash it might be. Depending on where it's the mm-hmm. location Depending is. Depending on where it starts and where it goes to. Hmm. Start from head down, center out, that kind of thing. Uh, and we describe the rash, the, the blisters you get, as a dewdrop on a rose petal. That's ludicrous. That has nothing to do Isn't with that. Isn't that poetic? Yeah. I mean, why? Do drop on a rose. But have you ever seen? Look, you need to look at a picture of a chicken, plo- chicken pox blister, the nah, vesicle. I, you know what? I'm actually super good. No, it's not that bad. It looks like a do drop on a rose petal. Perfect. I'll just envision Fl- that. Fluid filled, tiny. It's lovely. Anyway, you can get fever. You get, you know, you feel yucky. You feel malaise. You feel tired. Um, it's very contagious. So, Typically, when somebody in a household would get chicken pox, 90% of household contacts who aren't immune already are also going to get chicken pox. It's crazy contagious. It's spread by respiratory droplets as well as fluid from the blisters themselves. Um, And it is contagious until it crusts. So until all those little blisters become little crusts, what we would probably call scabs. At that point, it's no longer contagious, but until then it is. Um, it's much worse in certain populations, people who are under one or over 15, people with um, maybe issues with their immune system, pregnant pregnant people. It's definitely worse for, for, for pregnant patients, uh, which is part of why it was so important for us to try to stop it. Uh, you can get some severe complications, um, things like pneumonia, neurological complications, but those were fairly rare. Mm-hmm. Um, most people recover really well uh, in, you know, week, 10 days with just supportive care and trying not to scratch. Um, how about a chicken pox story? Let's hear a chicken pox story. Uh, this one comes to us from Amy. You said, uh, I saw your tweet about chicken pox stories and wanted to contribute. I got chicken pox on a family trip when I was four years old, except the trip wasn't just with my family. It was also with some family friends, one of whom happened to be my dad's boss. I ended up giving chicken pox to my dad and also his boss. Ooh. I'm 27 years old now, and my dad still has the same boss. I'd like to hope he's forgiven me. That's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Chicken pox to your dad. That is. That's also rough because your dad and your dad's boss had rougher, probably had a rougher go of it. Yeah, we've got some other stories about, about that coming up a little later. Uh, descriptions of a disease that was probably chickenpox date back a super long time, ancient Babylonian texts, 2,000 years ago. But it's really difficult as we look back through some of these ancient texts to tell if they're talking about chickenpox, smallpox, syphilis, uh, shingles, herpes, anything where there are spots on you, it gets a little, it gets a little blurry. Uh, it's it's really hard to distinguish what what disease they may have been are they in writing the same, like, about. Broad family. Of diseases not just... everything i just named but mm-hmm. some of them yes okay some of them are co- are very closely related we'll get to that but uh no i mean like smallpox and chickenpox are definitely not they're definitely not the same thing they're very different like viral processes and in, in the to the extent that you know if you got smallpox you were very worried that you would die and most of the time with chickenpox you don't mm-hmm. so um, but, but at first the rash, if you're not that familiar, might look similar. Okay. 
Um, they really don't. But in ancient texts, who knows? Yeah. Uh, in uh, there's an ancient Ayurvedic text that describes what probably is chicken pox and advises, and especially you, you think it's chicken pox too, because the, the, the things that they advise to treat it are fairly benign. Um, you know, you save your, when you look to ancient texts, if you see like a lot of bloodletting, it's probably something worse. If you tell them, if they're telling them to do something like rub some neem leaves and turmeric on it, that's a little, you know, less severe idea being that, if it the the links they would go to to try to cure it are lessened because exactly everything was whack yeah so so something that people would look at and go ooh that's that's what we would call smallpox today maybe treated more aggressively um, in addition there were certain it's in you, you read these like very specific guidelines like uh, keep a glass of water near the head of the bed spread neem leaves for this just this certain plant neem leaves around the house tie them above the door frame avoid baths don't eat any fatty food this actually probably makes sense scientifically why i know this is weird but neem leaves do have some um antimicrobial kind of properties so like if you were worried about secondary bacterial infections so like your sores opening up and getting bacteria in them that's not a crazy thought. It's not going to fix chicken pox, but you know, it's not a crazy thought. If you had a bundle of those tied above the door frame to your house, it was a sign to people not to come in, which is really smart with chicken pox. Right. Because it's so contagious. Um, keeping a glass of water near the bed kept you from getting up out of bed because you just drank that water. So you didn't spread chicken pox as much. Okay. Uh, if you took too many baths and, and rubbed your skin too briskly, you would leave yourself open to infection. So that wasn't a great idea back in the day. And also fatty food is a little more taxing on the digestive system. So it was a way of saying like, give your body a rest because it's fighting off an illness. These aren't crazy thoughts, especially for something that mainly requires supportive care. Thank you. So the Ayurvedics were were on the money on this one. This this these were not bad suggestions. These weren't going to hurt anybody. Um, okay. Similarly, you know, the Egyptians recommended oatmeal baths. Wow, that's pretty advanced. That one stuck around to now. To now, people still do that. All right, I want to give that one a certified gold star. Good yeah, job, everybody. There you go. Um, Although, the- can you, I do want to be? I do want to hang out with the dude who was first like, excuse me, <laughs> I've got an idea. Yes, weird Gerald, what is it? <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird and everyone's always saying how weird my ideas are, but listen, <laughs> hear me out. Oatmeal bath. Okay, can someone help him out, please? <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, it's I'm so... Going to, I'm crushing it. I love how squishy it feels it's between so my squishy. toes. He was the great 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 grandfather of the lady of Patch Adams who wanted to swim in the swimming pool <laughs> full of noodles. They were ancestors. They tried that actually, a bowl full of noodles, and it just wasn't as effective yeah. for chicken pox. <laughs> My chicken pox still sucks. I hate this. Uh, in the early 900s, Rossi was able to write descriptions of chicken pox that pretty clearly distinguished it from measles and smallpox. So we had kind of like these are d- distinct. diseases um we saw giovanni filippo write the first really well documented case description which is in the 1500s which is interesting because there's like this footnote as i'm reading about him like that he really hated doing this because he had this thing about people that he thought maybe were dirty he was also kind of like this 
socioeconomic elitist where he didn't like to be around people of lower socioeconomic classes. And so like he was real grossed out by the whole thing, but he wrote a really good description of it. <laughs> Just on a side note. That's inspiring. Um, as we often do in medicine, there was like this period where uh, Dr. Richard Morton argued that it was just a milder form of smallpox in the 1600s, even though we already knew it wasn't, and <laughs> set us back for a while. He decided to take a swing at it. Until in 1767, when William Heberden proved that it was a different disease, as well as the fact that you remained immune more than likely after you had it once. Oh. So we figured that out all the way back then, that but if you had chickenpox once, you probably weren't going to get it again. Now we say probably. Uh, here's a story from Chelsea. Um, she says, uh, per my mother, who I have to believe because I was too young to remember, I got the chickenpox for the first time when I was two. I contracted it from my Uncle Ronald, who had shingles, and it was apparently pretty mild. It's Uncle always, Ron. It's always an Uncle Ronald. Come uh, on, Uncle Ron. Uh, I, please, he prefers Ronald. <laughs> I do remember the set. Oh, you can just call me Uncle Ronald. <laughs> hey, Uncle Jerry. It's Jeremiah. Uh, I do remember the second time I had chicken pox at 15, which was terrible. It started as a mild rash, which I thought was a grass allergy. I took a Benadryl and went to bed. In the morning, I was covered in pox, and my mom took me to the doctor. The doctor had to pull, pull out a um, huge, I, it is a, a, a word. We can't uh, say on our show. Huge butt. A huge butt book of pictures and discussing rashes to confirm that it was chicken pox. They said that they hadn't seen a case in over 10 years because, well, vaccines. I missed two weeks of school and came back to a rumor that I really had herpes. Ah, high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That's true. It is possible to get it again. Most most people don't. But if you don't mount enough of an immune response the first time around. Yep. There you go. Um, here's the part of Sawbones where we talk about some, some unfortunate experiment, experiments that were done. Is there a required segment? <laughs> the required segment called pre-IRB, where we talk about things that were done before we knew what ethics and research were. Rudolf Steiner did some experiments on people in 1875 where he took fluid from the blisters of people with chicken pox and rubbed it into the open skin of healthy people and gave them chicken pox. <laughs> And, and then, then went we home knew. <laughs> and had a nice dinner with his family, <laughs> satisfied with a job all done. <laughs> proving, proving that this was how, that this was how you got chicken pot. I don't know. And he was like so proud of himself. You know, he's like, hey, good news, everybody. Like Guess it, what I figured out? Like, yeah, 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 I know. Um, we, uh, James Von Bouquet had kind of, he was, he was a scientist. A yeah. Isn't, he, that's isn't that a great name. name? Who had found the connection he thought between chicks and chicken pox and shingles. And we're going to get into shingles, but the two, uh, disease processes had been theorized to be related for a long time. He was the first one to kind of connect them. And then there were some experiments again, unfortunate experiments that took place in the twenties and thirties, uh, on kids supposedly in pursuit of vaccinating them. Mm -hmm. I, I never found enough specifics on that to feel comfortable one way or the other, but they took fluid from shingles blisters. So from older patients who had shingles Ralph, and they sucks. rubbed it into the skin of healthy kids. Um, again, supposedly trying to immunize them and then gave them chicken pox. Ugh. Um, you they, know, they lied to him about what it was, too. You know, they told him it was like, it's okay, kids. This is like Mickey 
cream or something. This is angel juice. We're in the like, 1920s and 30s. Okay. Angel well, juice? At, Mickey doesn't hold weight. I don't know what kids I don't know what kids this in the is, 20s were into. This is some This is like some blonde, candy candy goo. Candy goo. It'll make you all your food tastes like candy after this. Something. I don't know. Just rub it on yourself, <laughs> idiot. Here's 5 cents. Um the finally in the 1950s they they isolated the same varicella virus from both uh, shingles and chicken pox sores and, and finally made the connection. If you're interested in why it's called chicken pox. I am. There are a few different, there are a few different stories as to, uh, why this happened. Um, Samuel Johnson, uh, the, and this is one and maybe the most popular rumor called it chicken pox because this was a comparison to smallpox. Oh, so it's because it wasn't as severe of a disease, it's like, well, that's the chicken pox. Okay, yeah. So that's one theory. Also, because it makes your skin look like a chicken pecked it. That's another mm-hmm. theory. Uh, another is that it comes from the old English word uh, gicken, which is the word for itching. Sounds kind of like chicken. Yeah, sounds kind of like chicken. So it, the itching pox, the gicken pox, the chicken pox. It's probably that one. Old etymology is never like is uh, etymology. Etymology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, etymology. Yeah, yeah. Entomology is the bug yeah, okay, one. Okay, that's what. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's never as satisfying as you want it to be. There's always some weird roundabout road um, there. There's also been this theory that the blisters sort of look like chickpeas. Gross. I don't really think they. I think that's and a also stretch. they don't like that's yeah that's whack. I kind of like gick and pox myself. Uh, Sydney, I know we need to go to the building department, but uh, here's a quickie from Zach. Ooh. Um, I had chicken pox when I was five. I was scratched so bad that I would start bleeding. I still have scars. To stop this, my parents started duct taping socks to my hands at night, <laughs> so I'd scratch mostly then. That is a recommendation from doctors sometimes. <laughs> so Your parents brutal. were not totally off their rockers. That's okay. All right, city ready to go to the building department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. 
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. What movies should I go see this weekend? Should I care about the Emmys? Is this meme already dead? Is VR cool? What happened to Choose Your Own Adventure book? Are the Kardashians for real? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Brano. Winter Mitchell. Margaret Wappler. And Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcasts. I'm not going to judge. Sydney, uh, I have a quick story for you from our friend, Michael Sullivan. Oh, what does Michael Sullivan have to tell us? He has one visible scar from the chicken pox. He didn't get it until he was 13 years old. And one night as we sat at the dinner table, my father noticed I had a red place on my forehead. After some teasing that his little boy had his first zit, my dad tried to pop it. Needless to say, it didn't. But I now have a nice scar to remind me that fathers aren't always right. <laughs> and you can point to that for the rest of your life and go, look what you did to me. Look at look at this. It's all because of you. Now, I've mentioned shingles a few times. And uh, you may already be aware that there's a relationship between chicken pox and shingles. A very close relationship. As in it's the same virus. I've heard this. Yes. So uh, after you have had chicken pox and gotten better... The chicken pox virus, it likes you. It doesn't want to leave you. <laughs> it's it wants to. It wants to hang around, but not just anywhere. It wants to hang hang around in the dorsal root ganglion of your nervous that's system. That's where I mean. That's where I. That's where anybody would hang around. The important thing to know is that it can it can chill there, hidden deep within your nervous system, and be reactivated in times of trauma or stress on your body, like a like a surgery or an illness or just. Sometimes it just seems to do it randomly. Um, it, it can cause blistering. Um, you may have seen shingles blisters before. They can look pretty impressive. They look a little worse than chicken pox do. Mm. Uh, we do not describe shingles as a dewdrop on a rose petal. No. Um, and th- they can 
um, be extremely painful. The thing that that really clues you in that this is shingles is that it's in what we call a dermatomal distribution, and that means that it follows the path of a certain nerve root. Mm -hmm. So it will only be on one side of your body when it occurs. Okay. Now, it could reoccur later on the other side, but the important thing is if it is on both sides of your body at the same time, it's not shingles. It's something else, but it's not shingles. It'll only be on one side. It'll be in kind of a strip, like a Ugh. line, yeah, like a, a blisters. Um, it can you can have some numbness, some tingling, swelling, sensitivity. It can be very hard to treat, and like I said, it can be extremely painful. Um, and it can also come back again and again. Um, you can only get shingles if you've had chickenpox before. If you haven't had chickenpox and somebody has shingles and you're exposed to them, you can get chickenpox. That's confusing. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the important thing to know is that the, it's the same virus. My friend, I have a friend who listens to this program uh, named Russ, and he got shingles last week. Oh, and I did And he said it was excruciating. And I didn't make fun of him for getting what sounds like such an old man disease. Um, because it does sound like an old man disease to me. It has a very old man mm -hmm. vibe. So I want to make fun of him now here publicly. <laughs> Don't take that, Russ. I won't make fun of him. I'm sorry, Russ, because it's. I have not had shingles, but I understand and I have witnessed that the pain is is pretty bad. It's common, right? Like one in three adults will get shingles in their lifetime is what the sign at Walmart said. <laughs> shingles is pretty common. Um if you're wondering about the name shingles, uh, which is terrible, by the way, I know. I don't it, know how they landed on that one. It comes from the Latin singulus, which means girdle because of like the strip, the pattern mm. in which it will appear. Mm. Um, it's same actually with zoster. That's the other, you know, herpes zoster or varicella right. zoster. It's the other name you'll hear for shingles. It's from the Greek for belt or girdle zoster. Oh, okay. Um, again, just because the way the rash looks. Uh, so shingles is is pretty painful, and you'd rather not have it. Um, and we'll get into how you can't in just a second. Now, here is where I explain to you why the chickenpox vaccine is important. Okay, <laughs> I'm prefacing it. This is the if there was like a bold title over this section of the podcast, that's what it would say. So many people ask me, does my kid really need the chickenpox vaccine? Though, really, it's just chickenpox. Okay, in the U.S. Prior to the vaccine, chickenpox caused 4 million cases a year, 10,600 hospitalizations a year, and between 100 and 150 deaths a year. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a huge number compared to some of the other diseases we've covered, but those are 100 to 150 preventable and maybe kid deaths that it prevented or that the vaccine can prevent. So... That is why the vaccine is important. It was a live attenuated vaccine was developed in the 1970s in Japan by Dr. Takahashi. In 1995, it came to the U.S. and it's available now. You get two doses, one at 12 to 15 months, the second at four to six years. And it, it results in a 90% reduction in your chance of getting the virus. And it also adds to herd immunity, which of course is the more people around you who are immune, the less likely you are to get it. And that is why... We don't see chicken pox anymore. Well, I mean, pretty much. It's it's still out there, but it is incredibly rare. Is there any effort or hope or plan that like this could be like eliminated in the same way that smallpox was? I think, you know, I'd have to read more about all of the, the hosts to chicken pox and if there's anything 
I don't know if there's any other animal that can host, ch- you know, that was the thing about smallpox is that mm. smallpox is just purely a human disease. Oh, okay. Right. And that's why it was easier to eradicate. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I am not a hundred percent certain. I mean, I'm assuming chicken pox is the same way, but I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that. So I don't know if chicken pox could be eradicated in the same way smallpox could. Here's um, a, that's a, that's a good question. Here's a nice little chicken pox story from Dana. Uh, Dana says, when I was six, I came down with chicken pox the day after my mom and stepdad returned from their honeymoon. My stepdad likes to joke. It was like me saying, oh yeah, just try to love me. Just try it. I dare you to love this itchy spot and mess. But (laughs) he took off work and bought me an epic Play-Doh beauty shop toy. I'm 33 now and he still texts me if he hears I'm even slightly sick to see how I'm doing. Aww. Sweet. That is a sweet story. Um, no, Chicken pox, it can only be gotten by humans, by the way. Well, let's, come on, y'all. Let's, <laughs> let's get together on this thing. Um, um, so there is also a shingles vaccine, by the way. Yes, it's more recent. Yes, uh, or zoster vaccine, same thing. It's developed in 2006. Um, it's really just for older people, and that's mainly because the complications from shingles tend to be worse the older you are. So initially it was just for 60 and up. Um, It was expanded to 50 and up for certain populations. Um, It prevents shingles about half the time, like 51% success rate. Um, (laughs) Let's try. It does reduce the long-term pain complications that can result from shingles by 67%. Ooh. But again, it's still worth it because if you're one of them, it counts. You can get pain from shingles that lasts forever. Sorry, Russ. Yeah, not everybody does. Not there's hope. Most people don't, but some people have pain forever after shingles. So I mean, like that. This is a big deal. Russ is a contemptible um, human being, though. I I do hope it haunts him for the rest <laughs> of his natural days. I don't support any of these statements. It is a live virus vaccine. Actually, the chickenpox vaccine is a live virus vaccine as well. So these they're they're live attenuated viruses. Attenuated mean made made harmless viruses. Um, but the, the reason that's important to know is that there are certain people with compromised immune systems who maybe can't get Mm -hmm. these vaccines. So it is, I mean, you do need to talk to your doctor about these vaccines. Um, you can get some chicken pox at the site of the vaccine when you get the zoster Mm. vaccine. It's possible. So not worth getting anything. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Not at all. No, I, you know how I feel about vaccines. Uh, here's another one from Nicole, uh, I got the chicken box. This is great. I got the chicken box right at the end of kindergarten, so I missed the last few days. Luckily, I was non-contagious just in time for my uncle's wedding, in which I was a flower girl. However, I still had all my scabs, so that was cute. But the kicker is, my grandmother used the chicken pox as an excuse when she returned the dress that I actually did wear back to the store, claiming I was too sick to be in the wedding. Oh, no. <laughs> Savage. That's rough. So Spreading good. chicken pox. Well, she, next. yeah, that's pretty real. Yeah, fluid from the blisters. Whew. Grandma get the bargains at any cost. Any cost. Uh, now, as far as what do you do if you get chicken pox, which hopefully this won't be a problem for you, but just for maybe for most of us, it's, it, this is reminiscing. There are some um, natural remedies that people will recommend, things like honey and baking soda and vinegar um, vitamin E. I saw that even in one of the stories. Somebody said vitamin E was recommended for them. Carrot and coriander soup and garlic. Um, calamine is pretty widely used. Mm-hmm. Most people use calamine lotion. That's fine. It soothes the skin. Um, people like oatmeal baths. They feel like it's soothing. Um, 
what you what you really have to do is don't itch don't i mean you're gonna itch don't scratch don't scratch Mm -hmm. they're more likely to scar when you scratch them and if you scratch them and open them up and then introduce bacteria you can get infections um antihistamines might help with the with the itching Cool compresses will help with the itching. You can use fever reducers like Tylenol and ibuprofen if it's appropriate. Do not use aspirin. We've talked about this before. It can lead to a complication called Rye syndrome in kids. Anyway, the important thing is don't use aspirin. Stick with uh, ibuprofen and Tylenol, especially in children. Um, And for most people, you just wait and watch and they'll get better. For Uh most people, you may, you may find some people can get blisters like in their mouths or in other mucous membranes. And so then you might want to limit what kind of foods and things you eat, you know, not to, you know, make those worse, but, um, Uh, usually just wait until it gets better. I've got a few more stories I got to share. Oh, and don't spread it. Don't spread it. Speaking of this story from MJ, I got chicken pox when I was 11 or 12. Uh, it was one of those things that traveled down my street to each and every kid that lived there, all 11 of us, you know, quick sidebar. This is something that I think people who weren't in the, the chicken pox generation, uh, uh, the last chicken pox generation don't understand, but like chicken pox was such a fact of life that if somebody you knew got it or like somebody in your family got it, they would, your parents would just let you kick it with them until you got not, it. Not just let you. Like they would force you to kick it with them because like, let's just get it over with. Like, yeah. let's just get it and get it done. Exactly. Let's just do it. Um, so uh, this got passed up and down MJ Street. Uh, I knew I wasn't allowed to go to my friend's house because she and her sister had it, but I didn't see anything wrong with playing with her through the chain link fence that separated our yards. Of course, I obviously didn't know that it could be transmitted through the stuffed dog that she and I were passing back and forth. Our respective parents caught on to what we were doing around the same time and put a stop to it, but the damage was done. There actually used to be chicken pox parties uh, that were popular. So if one kid in, in like a neighborhood or friend group got chicken pox, the moms or dads or, you know, whatever parental unit would all, would get all of the kids together and not just have them play together, but you would see like gross things like pass around suckers for them to share Ugh. and share like drinks and things Grody. just to like really make sure that all the kids got chicken pox just so you could get it, which I mean, there, there is some sound reasoning in the sense that it was safer to get it when you were a kid than it was when you were an adult and so if everybody was definitely going to get it, you'd rather your kid get it when they're, mm-hmm. you know, five or six than when they're 20. Right. But still. Uh, last story, because I know we got to wrap it up. Well, I want to hear your chicken pox story, too. I really don't remember that much about it. I've been racking my brain trying to come up with anything. We had it. I remember it was miserable. Sir, surely all three of you boys got it together. Yeah, dad has like video of us like lying around with chicken pox, just <laughs> dying. But you miserable. don't remember who was patient zero? Uh, it's probably me. I th- I assume it was me. I assume. Huh. I don't. I don't remember. How do you I really don't remember your chicken pox. Okay. Um. Do you remember yours? Yeah. Well, you didn't you, ask me. Give me the reading my chicken pox story. I am. I got chicken pox when I was fourteen. That's pretty late. Yeah, I know it was late. My sister Taylor, my the my sister that you know was younger than me, and we would have gotten chicken pox at the time I was young. Got it. Taylor got it, and at school. And my mom had to sleep together and share food and drink, and I never got it. Um, I thought I was immune for a long time. I thought I was like the lucky one immune patient. And then when I was uh, 14 in high school, heading back from Christmas break, uh, right before I went back to school, I had a spot on my stomach that I didn't know what it was, but it itched like crazy, and I had scratched the heck out of it and opened it up and... um, 
my mom took me to my doctor, who I now work with, one of my colleagues, oh, wow. who was really cool. He was my family doctor at the time. And um, he, I, he looked at it, and he said, hold on a second. And then he brought me back a dermatology book, because he knew I wanted to be a doctor. Who is this? this is Dr. Becker. Okay. And Dr. Becker brought me back a dermatology book and handed it to me and said, Sydney, go through this and tell me, come find me when you tell me when you know what you have. So I sat there looking through this derm book, and finally I went and sought him out and said, Dr. Becker, do I have chicken pox? And he said, you got it. <laughs> so it was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, it, I was so crazy sick. My rash wasn't terrible, but I was so crazy sick, and I missed my first week back of, of school. Um, here is, this. speaking of missing things, uh, this one's from Kate, and this is a heroic one. Um, my mom and her sisters planned a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Germany and Austria when my sisters and I were kids. Two days into the trip, she called to check in to learn all three of us had the chicken pox. Amy was three months old, I was four years old, and Susie was almost seven. My mom hadn't even left us overnight and was our full-time caregiver since the day Susie was born. My dad put us all in his undershirts, invested in calamine lotion, and listened to us whine and complain for the next 10 days. I had the worst of the three of us, spots in my nose, ears, mouth, in between my toes, and I also happened to be the whiniest, so all my sympathies went to my dad when I had kids of my own. Kate, by the way, happened to be the one to contract the shingles two years ago at age 33. Um, she, she said, I learned uh, shortly before that through a blood draw during pregnancy that I had also lost on my MMR immunity, even though I was up to date on vaccines. Bodies are weird. They are. And that is, again, the one thing I would stress about chicken pox is that even though chicken pox we look back on as this like fun, like fun childhood rite of passage that we're all supposed to like, oh, everybody gets chicken pox. Um, the thing is, for, for uh, the majority of us, it was just something really annoying. Yeah. Or maybe like Justin, you don't even remember very well. For me, I remember getting pretty darn sick, but I was still okay. But it can have serious complications and definitely especially now when there is such there is you know there are a lot of people who haven't had chicken pox most of them hopefully have had the vaccine but for people who are just protected through herd immunity it's vitally important that those people don't get chicken pox because as they get older it can be worse and certainly for anyone who becomes pregnant it can be pretty bad so um get vaccinated it's a good vaccine there is a reason that we made it. Yeah, it's good Get stuff. the chicken pox vaccine. If you're eligible, get the shingles vaccine. Talk to your doctor about both. Again, they are live attenuated virus vaccines, so you do need to talk to your doctor about them. But as long as it is safe and your doctor says it's okay, you should get them. I am fully in support of them. There, it is no different. I, I see this like divide. There's like all vaccines, and then there are all these wafflers out there who are like, well, I don't know about the flu vaccine, and I don't know about the chicken pox vaccine. A vaccine is good. Get your vaccines, please, no matter what anyone tells you. Um, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Taxpayers for letting us use your song, Medicines. This is the intro and outro of our program. Uh, hey, we're going to go on a cruise in March if you want to come. Uh, we're going to go cruise through Mexico. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's the Joko Cruise. Uh, there's going to be a ton of cool people there. Jonathan Colton, Ovs, it's his cruise. So he gets to go for sure. <laughs> uh, you know who else is going to be there? Um, Max Temkin, creator of Cards Against Humanity, is going to be there. Uh, John Bernstein is going to be there. Uh, uh, Amy Mann is going to be there. Uh, Nerf Herder is going to be there. Welcome to Night Vale is going to be there. It's going to be 
Craig. There's tons of other people. Will Wheaton, uh, 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 Ed Brubaker, Rhea Butcher, um, Matthew Weiner, creator of Mad Men. Everybody's going to be there, and you can too. Go to jococruise.com and come with us. It's going to be fun. I think that's it. It's going to do it for us. Uh, yes. And sorry this episode's so late, by the way. Sorry. It, Sydney's on hospital service this week, so just long hours. We'll working. get better. We'll I get promise. better. We'll we're, hang, we're hang in there. Yeah. But I uh, will stick with us. It'll folks. be here up earlier <laughs> next week. Uh, but until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.